Hello, Believers. It's Dr. Shate, and welcome back to another episode of Branding for Believers, the podcast that equips influencers to believe bigger in their dreams. We have done it. We have made it to the finale. This is part five of the Belief in Action series. Every single episode this month has been focused squarely on putting your faith in action. And I think I've saved the best for last. This is where everything that we've talked about really comes together. So if you are just joining this episode or this series for the first time, I strongly encourage you to go back to the very first episode in this series. It's five parts because you will be tremendously benefited from each progression, how every episode has built on the previous episode bringing that information together in a systematic way to help you achieve the results that you want in your platform, in your business. So as always, I encourage you to grab a pen or pencil because you are definitely going to want to take some copious notes for this final episode. So this is episode 24 and our guiding thought for today comes from Luke 14, 28, which says, For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. In other words, you can't have a large scale platform or a large scale business without really sitting down and doing some due diligence. This past weekend, I was sequestered for three days working on my business for 2016. I flew in one of my mastermind colleagues and I will tell you, it is no slight amount of work. So in order for you guys to have the kind of success that you dream about and the kind of revenue that you dream about, it really does require some planning, some tough questions being asked, editing a lot of things, taking some inventory. It's a whole process that I certainly encourage you to do if you haven't done it already. January is too late to be thinking about what you're going to be doing in January. Honestly, I realize that it's too late for us to be doing it now. September is way too late. Ideally, you should have this process completed by June or July at the latest. And that way you can get all of the people in place that are going to be necessary to execute your vision. That said, in this episode, we are going to be talking about systems for success. And when I'm talking about systems for success, specifically how you can avoid being a one trick pony, how you can turn your free content into paid content. And we're going to be getting into a little bit of sales funnel 101. So systems, what do I mean by that? Systems means leveraging your core message or your core product offering or your core service into a system for sustainable revenue or a system for audience growth or a system for brand recognition. In other words, let's look at the foundational elements of your platform and see how we can leverage that into a system for growing your revenue, gaining additional recognition for your brand and growing your audience. So before I talk to you about what systems are, let me be very clear what systems are not. Your book, even though it is a great accomplishment to be a published author, is not a system. Your latest film project, even though it might be Oscar worthy, is not a system. Your podcast is not a system. Your blog is not a system. 
And the reason why I highlight these things in particular is because sometimes when you spend a lot of time, energy, effort, and resources into producing something like a book or producing something like a podcast or or a blog and doing it on a consistent basis, then we have this feeling of accomplishment like, oh, mama, I made it. But in reality, we're just getting started because the fact of the matter is, unless we have a system in place, we have not leveraged that book. We have not leveraged that film project into something that will lead to sustainable revenue or audience growth or brand recognition. So all of these things, the book, the film, the podcast, the blog, whatever it is, all of these things are pieces that have the potential to be woven into a system, but they are not the system itself. So let me give you a perfect example of this. And I will be giving you several examples throughout. So if you are the kind of person that kind of needs that that picture painted for you, you have come to the right podcast because I will be doing that several times throughout this episode. The Kendrick brothers are the kings of systems. And in case you're wondering who the Kendrick brothers are, the Kendrick brothers produce Christian films, uh, films like Fireproof, films like Courageous, films like War Room, which is still in the box office. I highly recommend it. But the thing about the Kendrick brothers is this. They don't just produce Christian films. They know exactly who their target audience is. That movie is really just one part of a larger system. And that larger system includes back end revenue. Let me repeat that. The movie is not the system. The movie is not the end all be all. The movie is just one part of a larger system that includes back end revenue. So what do I mean by back end revenue? Back end revenue, meaning after the movie is over, people go flocking to Amazon and flocking to their website. And lo and behold, there is usually a book that goes with the movie. There's usually a devotional that goes with the movie. There's usually a Bible study that goes along with the movie. So even though you might have paid anywhere between eight to 10 to 12 dollars for your movie ticket, the book is usually another 10, 12, 15 dollars. The devotional is usually another 10, 12, 15 dollars. And the Bible studies depending on whether it's a home study or one that you're purchasing for your church group or your youth group, those can be as much as 50 to $100. So think about it. That $8 movie ticket has doubled, tripled, quadrupled in value because the movie is just the lead in that leads people to the back end revenue, which includes things like the book, the devotional and the Bible study. So notice how the movie isn't the system. The movie is just one part of a system because if you deliver high value to your audience, they're going to want to take additional action with you. They're going to want to do more things with you. And the Kendrick brothers are superb at providing that additional piece. And not only does it satisfy a need for their audience, but it also brings additional revenue to their brand. The Kendrick Brothers example is what I mean by avoid being a one trick pony. You need to establish a secondary purpose for your content. So even though your primary purpose might be to change lives, to glorify God, to create results, to entertain, to do whatever, that might be the primary purpose. Like the reason why I wrote this book is because, or the reason why I host this podcast is because, or the reason why I have this blog is because. That's your primary purpose. But if we're talking about systems and we're talking about sustainable revenue and audience growth and brand recognition, 
technician, then we need to establish a secondary purpose so that you have a process in place where your audience can take further action with you. Which brings me to this question. What is your process? What is the process that you have right now that allows your audience to take action with you? Because here's the beauty of a system, ladies and gentlemen. When you have a system All you have to do essentially is rinse and repeat. You are not scrambling. You're not overwhelmed. You're not perplexed. When you have a system, you just follow the system. So the key is finding a system that works for you. But once you have it, the beauty is you just rinse and repeat so that you have a a way to sustain your revenue above and beyond what you're already doing. So to start your process, I have a few questions that I'm going to walk you guys through. So this is definitely the grab the pen and and pencil time. So the first question I have about your process is this. What is the one thing in your arsenal that requires little money, little time, but gets a lot of traction? This is what we call a minimum viable product. So for example, when you think about all of the services that you offer or all of the blog posts that you write or all of the podcasts that you've produced or all of the pictures that you've posted, what is the thing that gets the most traction? What is the thing that tends to be the most popular? Whatever that thing is, and it doesn't it didn't cost you a ton of money. It didn't cost you an arm and a leg. You know, it just required a little bit of time, a little bit of effort, a little bit of money, in some cases no money, but it really resonates with your audience. This is what we call the MVP. This is the minimum viable product because that product, that post, that blog, that content tells you what resonates with your audience. And that is an important piece of information because once you know what resonates with your audience, then it only makes sense that you scale that up. So once you have your MVP in place, then you scale it up but you add a lead magnet to it. Remember, in previous episodes, we talked about what are the things that are going to resonate with your audience that are going to want them to exchange their contact information for something of value. So in this case, if you have an MVP, then I recommend that you scale that up, but add a lead magnet. Because right now, if you're posting it on Instagram, if you're posting it on your blog, if you are producing it and releasing it as part of your podcast or your latest video series or what have you, then basically what they're doing is they're getting that information for free, but you haven't challenged them to take any further action with you. You haven't issued that all important call to action. And so if you're going to scale this up because it's something that your audience really appreciates from you, then add a lead magnet because a lead magnet will do what? it will build your audience. It will build your subscriber base. And once you have a subscriber base, then, oh my gosh, the sky is the limit. So for example, Michael Hyatt, I think if you go on his webpage, Michael Hyatt has approximately 550 or 60,000 subscribers. So Michael Hyatt, if he has 500 some odd thousand subscribers, I want you to think about what his conversion rate would have to be for a product that costs $300. If he converted just 1% of that 500,000 subscriber base at $350, you do the math. It's going to be a Merry Christmas at the Hyatt household because he has built his subscriber base by using things that his audience finds value in and he attaches lead magnets to everything. If you want additional content, if you want to get more of what Michael has to offer, he has dispersed lead magnets all over the place so that he can build that subscriber base. And remember, the larger your audience, the lower your conversion rates have to be when it's time for you to sell something. So in order
order to do this, I want you to think about creating multiple ports of entry. When you are tweeting, where is Twitter driving your audience? Are you giving them some sort of link that leads to a landing page or a lead magnet? The link that's in your Instagram profile right now, does it take them to your website? Does it take them to a landing page where they can opt in and become a subscriber? What about on Periscope? Are you giving people a link, even though there's no clickable links on Periscope, but are you telling them repeatedly where they can go to get additional content and additional value? What about your blog? Does your blog issue a call to action and ask people to subscribe or to get additional things that they can't get on the blog by subscribing to your list? So think about those things. So to repeat this process, in case you guys are taking notes, number one, what is the one thing in your arsenal that requires a little bit of time, a little bit of money, but gets a lot of traction with your audience. Your audience loves it. It gets the most likes. It gets the most retweets. It gets the most repost. What is that thing that really resonates with your audience? What are the things that they are sharing with their community and with their followers? Once you know what that thing is, scale it up. Scale it up, meaning give more. So if they are really liking a certain post or a certain type of content, then develop that into something that's more viable, something that can lead them to something a little bit more tangible and get them the kind of results that they're after and add a lead magnet to it because the lead magnet will build your audience. And once you have your lead magnet, create multiple ports of entry. So Twitter and Instagram, Periscope, the podcast, the blog, everywhere you should be issuing calls to action to move further into your process. And once you have people on your list, then you can move to the ever important product launch. Now, product launching is a whole process and I do not have time to cover it in this podcast episode. However, if I do get to another action series, I will definitely be sure to cover product launches. But once you have people on the list, then you can open up the shopping cart because you've been giving them consistent value and now it's time for you to raise the stakes and get them to walk further into that cycle with you. So I want to give you an example of this. People do this all the time. And this is called the 99 cent Amazon book approach. So oftentimes people will write a book and I'm not talking like a couple of pages. I'm talking about a book, like over a hundred pages and they will release it to Amazon. They will self-publish it and release it to Amazon for 99 cents or $1.99. In other words, it has a lot of value, a lot of really good uh, actionable pieces of information and helpful tips, but it's being offered at a really low price. However, here's the key to that because you're not going to get rich off of 99 cent Amazon books. I'm sorry. Somebody told me once that a book is just an expensive business card. Amazon book publishing for a buck 99 is not going to lead to fame, fortune, and riches. However, in that book, what often happens is the book purchasers get an offer. They get exclusive access to downloads and worksheets that are only available at a landing page that's been created specifically for book purchasers. So if you purchase the book on Amazon, then you go to this website, you punch in your ISBN number or your proof of purchase barcode or whatever. And once that information has been submitted, then you now get access to downloads and worksheets and exercises that you can only get as a purchaser of the book. Notice what happened there. They paid 99 cents, but the 99 cent book had additional 
value for people who purchased it. And now in order to get that value, they have to do what? Exchange their contact information. So once the subscribers start getting the valuable content, whether it's downloads, worksheets, a webinar, video series, what happens at the end of the webinar or the video series? The author usually issues a call to action to become a member of their paid community or to enroll in a class or there's some other back end offer. So that basically that 99 cent book or that dollar 99 book can easily become a five or $600 or $900 investment from a new client because you have given them value It didn't cost you a whole lot of money to to get that book out there on Amazon. It it didn't cost you the mortgage or the rent or, or, or your child's school care payment. It didn't cost that amount of money. It just cost some time, some effort to get it out there, get it published. It started to get some traction. You led people into a funnel where they could become your subscribers. They got additional exclusive content only for book purchasers. And then once they got that content, you opened up a call to action to get them to purchase a class or become a paid member. In other words, that 99 cent was well worth that initial investment to get people to your back end offer. And once you have a product like that on the back end, so a class or a paid membership, I would say that you should keep it evergreen. And what do I mean by evergreen? Evergreen means that let's say somebody buys your book in January and another person buys your book in September. The content on the back end should not be season specific or only uh, useful or available for a limited time. It should be evergreen, meaning that no matter when they find you, wherever they find you, however they find you, and they get to your content and become subscribers, then they will always have access to that product and it will always provide value, which means you have now created a passive revenue stream where people are buying your products while you are doing other things. Ta-da! That is a system, ladies and gentlemen. And once you have a system, what do you do? You rinse and repeat. You do it all over again. I want to give you another example of this. Recently, I received an email from a publishing company and they were inviting me to join an online Bible study. And as I opened up the email, the online Bible study was based on a book from one of their authors. And so in order to join the Bible study, of course, you had to buy the book. But when you bought the book, it also gave you these incentives to become a subscriber of the author's list. And so those incentives included free downloads for the Bible study. So the discussion questions from the book, it included personal invitations that you could send out to your friends to get them to join the the book club. And of course, by join the book club, they mean buy the book. And it had recipes for hosting a get together and a gathering. In other words, they had packaged this up neatly as an invitation for an online Bible study, but they said in order to get the maximum value out of the Bible study, you should have the book. And if you buy the book, you get these additional downloads. See how they created a system to build the author's subscriber list and threw in some additional value bonuses in order to get people to take further action and invite their friends to take action. This is what I mean by systems. So sometimes we put things out there, we host an event, or like I said, we write a book or we do some sort of project. And we're like, yay. 
and then nothing. That's not a system. That's not a rinse and repeat because now you've put yourself in a situation where now you have to go back out scrambling for audience members, trying to build your numbers up. Whereas if you had a system, you would basically have a way to keep that going that is self-sustaining. So the last thing I want to talk about in the finale is back end money. So I've mentioned that a couple of times. I talked about it with the Kendrick brothers and I want to talk about it specifically with you. There is always, always, always for my Latino listeners, siempre, there is always money to be made on the back end. I don't care what you sell. And to illustrate, I'm going to use the cupcake example. Just, just go with me on this. Okay. Let's say for instance, you sell cupcakes. You have a cupcake truck or you may even have a cupcake store and your cupcake is all of what? $3. So you get people to come in and buy your cupcakes. Now, some of you, you might think, well, that's my dream. I always wanted to have my own cupcake shop or my own cupcake truck. Yay, mama, I made it. But you can increase your profit margins exponentially if when people buy your cupcakes, you encourage them to sign up for your email list. Now, why would somebody want to sign up for your email list? Because you can give them things like recipes, party ideas, printable cards, like little thank you cards and love notes during Valentine's Day. And of course, the all important coupons. So the next time that they come in, you can get a discount on your next visit. Sure, I'll sign up for that. But here's the key. Once you have somebody on your email list, you can basically feed them any content that you want. So yes, you give them the recipes, you give them the party ideas, you give them the little printable cards that they can download and give to their friends and loved ones. Yes, you send the coupons, but ultimately what you want to do is offer them an opportunity to come in and enroll for your cupcake classes. So cupcake classes, cooking classes, those are wildly popular, especially among younger demographics, children, and that $3 cupcake just became a $25 class. In other words, even though that product is cupcakes and that's pretty much what they do and that's who they are and they've niched down to their market and said, okay, this is pretty much where we're going to specialize. They can still take that specialty and scale it up because they can teach people and create experiences where other people can get together in a classroom type of situation for recreational purposes, for fun, just for something to do with the kids on a weekend or what have you. So that $3 cupcake can essentially lead to a paying student in a classroom that $3 cupcake became the front end offer and it led them to opt in to the mailing list and the opt in provided consistent value that ultimately led them to the back end. So let me repeat that. So that $3 cupcake represents the front end offer, which led them to the opt in, meaning led them to the subscriber list to build the audience. And because they were consistently getting recipes, downloads and so forth, it ultimately led to a call to action to sign up for the cupcake class for $25. And basically that increases the price of that $3 cupcake eight times over 
because now you have a paid student in your class where they have enjoyed your experience and will share that experience with other people where they can rinse and repeat. So every time you have students come to the class, you are encouraging them to sign up for your subscriber list where you're giving them recipes and downloads and cards and thank yous and coupons and then inviting them to more classes and they're just rinsing and repeating. So I want you to think really intentionally, what is your core message? What is your core product? What is your core service? What is the core content that you're putting out right now? And how can you leverage that? How can you maximize that into a system that builds your audience, grows your revenue, and creates greater brand recognition because more and more people are beginning to take action with you. So that is it. I hope I wrap that up neatly and nicely into a bow for you guys. The next episode, we are back to our usual shenanigans. We are back to interviews and you can go on the website for the dates for the next live pod class. But I thank you so much for being on this belief in action journey with me. I encourage you guys to listen to this series as much as you need to so that you really begin to let it sink in. What are the mechanisms that you need to be putting in place in order to really scale your business in a way that makes you a serious contender, in a way that makes you bigger than what you are right now. Because in 2016, if you think I'm talking big now, I am really going to be talking big. So this is really just laying the groundwork so that you get those mechanisms set up so that you are getting set up to have the best year that you have ever had. So thank you guys so much. I appreciate you as always. Please share your takeaways on social media. Media. I highlight my listeners because I appreciate you so much. As always, I invite you to leave a review on iTunes and I will see you next week.